Welcome to another edition of the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Today we're going to be talking about some reading I've actually been doing in a great book. The book is called Lost at School by Dr. Ross W. Green. A uh, great teacher I used to work with recommended the book to me, and I'm really enjoying it. This book is all about how to deal with students that are at risk, with students that are demonstrating poor behaviors, and it really gives us a whole new way to look at these students, to understand these students, and then to hopefully work with them successfully. Usually when a kid is misbehaving or is not meeting our expectations, you know, we, we, we deal with it uh, the traditional way, which is we tell the kid what they're doing wrong, we tell them what they need to do differently or better, and then we tell them what will happen if they don't. And in actuality, this isn't the best way to go about it. This is a very traditional way to deal with poor behavior, and it only works on traditional kids. But for the kids that we're really dealing with, this old method doesn't get us anywhere. And, and worse yet, to be honest, it often creates a power struggle that does no one any good. Our at-risk kids now are not traditional kids, and therefore we need to work with them in non-traditional ways. And this book, Lost at School, teaches us how to do this. So according to Green, if a kid is demonstrating poor behavior or is acting wrong or is acting out, he recommends three steps that we should follow. Number one, empathize with the student. Number two, define our adult concerns. And number three, invite the student to problem solve. So let's start with step one of empathizing with the student. Instead of saying the normal, hey, stop doing that, you're not supposed to do that, which kids are just so used to hearing, especially our kids that get in trouble often. We say something like, I've noticed that you, now you could insert any behavior there, I've noticed that you are really not getting along with Johnny, or I've noticed that you can't seem to stay in your seat in class, or I've noticed that you haven't been getting all your work done. And then we follow that up with two words, and this is going to be the theme of today's podcast, two words which can change anything. We say, I've noticed that you haven't been doing your work lately. What's up? And we just pose that simple two-word question, what's up? You know, just bringing kids in. Just think about that. Think about how different that is than just telling them what they're doing wrong, telling them what they need to do differently, and telling them how we're going to punish them if we don't. Just flipping our language and saying, I've noticed that you can't seem to stay seated in the cafeteria. What's up? And that two words brings them in. You know, if the kid doesn't want to talk right away, by the way, if we ask what's up and they don't want to talk, sometimes the best thing we can do is walk away. Remember, we need to be non-traditional in these moments. If they say something at all or something small, we got to ask follow-up questions and keep verbalizing that. We want to figure out what their concerns are. Why are they acting this way from their perspective? And either way, we just need to use language that invites them to tell us why they are behaving this way. Now, you can only go to step two of defining the adult concerns if you have completed step one of empathizing with the student. We need to make sure they truly verbalize their concerns before we move to step two. When we go to step two and we define our adult concerns, we must still use collaborative language. Things like, well, the thing is, 
Or my concern is, so this will come together easier if we have some examples. So for example, let's go through steps one and two in our language. Let's go with a traditional method first. I need you to stop talking while I'm talking. No one can hear my lesson. If you keep talking, I'm sending you out. How many times have we heard ourselves say things like that to kids that just we know aren't going to react well to that, right? So in the, in the way Dr. Green tells us to do it, we say this and said, I've noticed that you are talking a lot while I am teaching my lessons. What's up? Why is this? Then we try to have a conversation with the student on why they're doing this. And once they've defined sort of their why or their concerns, we say, you know, the thing is, when you are talking at the same time as me, some of the other students get distracted and can't follow the lesson. So that's the moment where instead of just telling them what they're doing wrong, we define from our perspective how that wrong behavior is impacting those around them. So now we have the kids' concerns on the table. We have our concerns on the table. And now we are ready for step three, inviting the student to problem solve around behavior. Let's pretend that our talker talked about being bored during the lessons. So we, we asked what was up and they said they were bored during the lessons. Then we talked about how well when they talk out, it can distract others. So now we say, you know, I wonder if there is a way for us to do something to keep you from being bored and to make sure that you don't distract others while I'm teaching. Do you have any ideas? How powerful is that moment? Do you have any ideas? By letting the kid be the first one to provide ideas, we show them that they are part of this. It's not our world and they have to behave the way we expect. It's our world together and we want them to help us. Many kids that are used to adults at school imposing their will on them will really be thrown off by this at first. They, they, will be, they won't know what to do when we say, hey, do you have any ideas on how we could improve this? So once we ask them and we invite them to problem solve with us, we need to start getting some solutions on the table. And we no, no idea they provide is a bad one, right? So any idea they come up with, we have to affirm them and tell them that that's a good idea somehow. But in the long run, after the conversation, there's two things that must happen. The solution must be realistic or possible, must be something that could actually happen, and it must address both parties' concerns. So whatever the solution is, must address the student's concerns, as well as the teacher's concerns. What is really important is that we have a conversation with the kid in which they give us ideas on how we can fix this behavior. So we're at step three. You know, a lot of adults, according to Dr. Dr. Green, get good at steps one and two, but when it's time to invite the student's ideas, they immediately go back to the old habit of telling the kid what they need to do. But remember, we can't do that. In order to work with our non-traditional kids, we must work in non-traditional ways. So. Instead of saying the following, every time you come back from lunch, you are out of control in the hallway and you disrupt the beginning of class. This has to stop or, are you, or you are going to have to go to the office to see the principal. Instead of saying that, say, hey, I've noticed that when you come back from lunch, you are very excited and energetic. What's up? And then start the conversation. You know, don't worry if you try this method and only get through step one the first time. This is a very, very different way to address behavior and it, it's going to take a lot of practice. But I really, really feel it's that first two words, instead of just telling a kid what they're doing wrong, sort of say it in a positive way or in a matter of fact way and then say what's up. That can really help us as adults remember to dive into this process. If we just remember to say what's up as we talk to students about their behavior, it will remind us to listen to their concerns first. 
to define our concerns second, and then lastly, to invite them to give ideas for how we can make it better. Remember, our challenging kids nowadays are more challenging than ever. We just can't keep telling them what they're doing wrong and think it will change over the long run. Traditional punishments don't work on non-traditional kids. Follow the three steps. Empathize with the student. Define the adult concerns and then invite the student to behave better. Ask them what's up. Ask them for ideas. Suddenly, we will pave the way for our most challenging students to actually improve. As Green states in the book, when we use this process, quote, over time, the student will learn skills that are crucial to handling life's social, emotional, and behavioral challenges. What's up? Two very powerful words that I challenge all of my listeners to start using when they're addressing students for poor behavior or poor academic achievement. Anything. It works with all of them. Hey, I noticed you haven't been doing your homework lately. What's up? Imagine the conversation that'll start rather than the old traditional way of just telling them what they're doing wrong. So use it, dive in, try it. And if you've liked this, I encourage you to read the book Lost at School by Dr. Green. I hope everybody has a great week. If you're in Massachusetts and getting closer to April vacation, have a great spring break. But no matter where you are, keep teaching and keep learning yourself. We are in the very last stretch of the school year. We're about three quarters of the way through. We need to be motivated. We need to be energetic. We need to be inspirational. This week, when a kid's driving you crazy, don't yell at them. Ask them, what's up? And see where the conversation goes. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon here on the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. Oh, wake up, everybody.